Uh, today we celebrate all dads in our community, but let's be real, there is no one more deserving of today, gifts, praise, acknowledgement than me. Today is the celebration of me. If anyone has more than five children, you then can, you can wear the crown, but until then, it's about me. Uh, I have five kids, if you're, if you're new. Um, it's not a joke. I really do have five kids. <laughs> That's not a dad joke. Uh, that is correct. Are they all mine? Yes, they are. Uh, were they all planned? No, they weren't. <laughs> okay. Um, don't, I just won't tell you which ones weren't. So that, yeah. Um, someone once asked me, oh, Steve, if you could do anything, if you could, if you could do anything uh, in the world um, outside of, you know, being a pastor, um, if you could do anything, what would you want to be? And I remember answering, hand on heart, I remember answering, I would be a father. I love being a father. It is one of the greatest joys in my life. And I've been a father for 16 years now. And I calculated this morning, if you add up each year per kid, a 16-year-old, a 12-year-old, a 10-year-old, a 4-year-old, and a 2-year-old. If you add that all up, it's 44 years of fathering. <laughs> and I'm only 40 years old, right? So, you know, it still gives me uh, great joy. Even when my youngest was born, um, still gives me shivers to think that, wow, this, this child is, is, is mine and, and that I'm his father. I love being a father. But don't get me wrong, it's, it's, it's really hard. <laughs> <laughs> Even as I was writing this, I was finishing this on Thursday evening. During that one day, uh, one of my, two of my kids were sick, so they didn't go to daycare. One of them vomited just before bed, so they had to, had to clean all that up. One of them I nearly put through the window, uh, you know, metaphorically speaking. I would never do that physically because we live in Australia and not in, <laughs> and not in Asia. <laughs> Oh, man, like being a dad, I love it, and it's just so hard. <laughs> but, you know, Father's Day is a bit like that for everyone. It's a real mixed bag of emotions. You know, for some of us, and you know what, like, I used to feel really bad. Um, I used to feel really bad when, when I would tell people about my father, um, who still lives um, with me, or not with me, but still here, and I had a great father. I have a great father. He's uh, my hero. He's my role model. Um, in, in most things, not all things. Um, and I used to feel really bad because actually, like, not everyone has that, you know. Uh, the, the reality is for some of us, we've had and have amazing fathers who have been with us in our lives, who have loved us and supported us. And for some of us, we don't have that. You know, that's the reality. Some of us have absent fathers. Some of us have had abusive fathers. Some of us have had selfish fathers, and it's a real, uh, it's a real mixed bag. And I just, I, I just, I, every year at Father's Day, I always have to recognize this. For some people, Father's Day is a celebration, but for some, it's not. And I, I recognize that. I recognize that. Um, even for me, Father's Day is a bit of a, a mixed bag of emotions. I remember last year's Father's Day, um, during the worship, I, 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 I broke down. And I remember one of the, 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 the ladies at our church, um, she was really confused why I was crying so much on such a, a good day. But for me, you know, as I said, I, I love being a dad and I'm so grateful. But actually sometimes, like Father's Day is a reminder of, 
that I'm not that good of a dad. You know, I'm, I'm reminded of, of my own um, weaknesses and, and I'm reminded of my own um, sinfulness and selfishness. And, you know, sometimes for me, it's not even like, can I be a good dad so that my kids grow up well? Sometimes the bar is, uh, what, what can I do to minimize the damage and um, decrease their counseling costs later in life? You know, like, sometimes it's just like that. And I, I think if you're a dad... Uh, I think you'll understand this. You'll, you'll understand the tension that lives within us. You know, Father's Day is a great m- reminder of the joy, but also the great limitation that I have as a person and as a dad. And uh, yeah, as I said, for all, all dads, uh, you will understand. And we do our best. Um, but, you know, we are only human as well. But the beauty of what what Scripture says to us in the Bible. And, 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 and I want to go really simple today. The Bible tells us that God is our spiritual Father, is our heavenly Father. And the Bible tells us that God, as our Father, is perfect, that His ways are perfect, His love for His children is perfect, and that the way He loves and cares for his children, all of us, is perfect. Now, here's the whole sermon, right? That's, that's the statement. But the question is this, what does that mean for you? Because the Bible is very clear. The Bible is very clear that God is our Heavenly Father. But it's a question of how we understand that and how we take that in. Uh, you know, there, I was talking a few weeks ago, there are things that you do for those that you love. Like, you do crazy things. And I, I told you that funny story about you know, this girl that I used to like in high school and the stupid things that I used to do. Can I tell you, as a, as a father, you do stupid things too for your kids. You do ridiculous things, right? Uh, the old one used to be when, when young kids, I don't know if our, young, our parents have gotten to this, especially in winter when they have a cold and they're all snotty. And they're like got mucus stuck inside of their sinus. And you, there's none of these like little needles things that you're going to try to suck it out, right? Do you know what the number one method of sucking out that snot is? It's your mouth. So I would grab my kid and I would put my mouth over this kid's nose. And I would suck that snot out. And I, people are like... <laughs> Can I tell you, I love you. I would never do that for you, right? right? I'll never do that for you. Like, you will pay me. I don't know. If I did that, I'm going to jail. Like, that's, right? That's, that's not acceptable. But this is what a father, a loving parent can do for their kid. All right? I remember my second, uh, my second son last year. He has one year six camp, right? It, it's what you live for in primary school, for that year six camp. And five days before he was about to go to camp, Monday to Wednesday, this is during when, you know, there was COVID and there was isolation. He gets COVID and suddenly he can't go to camp and you just you hear the cry. And it was like, take my arm and my leg, but don't take away camp from me. Like he was sobbing so much. And so we worked out that the camp was Monday to Wednesday, but the isolation that he needed to finish was Tuesday night. 
So what does dad do? Wednesday morning, 4 a.m., we get in the car, we drive to camp. He's camped down the road. Yeah, down the road to Canberra. <laughs> Three and a half hours. I drive him down there. I drop him off at camp. He gets to have breakfast. They go to Questacon. They catch the bus back. Cost me 400 bucks, right? And then I literally, I, dr- I drop him off and I drive three and a half hours back for a 10 a.m. meeting. I love you all. I will never do that for you. <laughs> I'm just saying. There are pretty, there, there, as a parent, there, there are stories on stories. And the question that we ask is, how far would you go? How far would you go for someone that you love? And what the Bible is going to tell us is that God in his perfection and his perfect love for us shows us how far he would go to show how much he loves us. And he does it through the sacrifice of his one and only son, Jesus. Let me read you two scriptures to paint this. John 3, 16 and 17. For God so loved the world. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. For God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world but to save the world through him. Romans 5, 6 and 8. You see, at just the right time when we were still powerless, Christ died for the ungodly. Very rarely will anyone die for a righteous person. Though for a good person, someone might possibly dare to die, but God demonstrates his own love for us in this while we were still sinners. Christ died for us. While we were spiritually dead because of our sin, when we had no chance of life, life eternal, God sends his one and only son Jesus to die on the cross to pay the penalty for our sin. Why? So that we may live. Now, this is a really hard concept for us to really understand, you know. Um, You know, because as a parent, you know, many people would say, well, you know, would you be able to die for your kid? Right? And I'm like, well, I have five. Depends on which kid. Jokes. Right? Jokes, jokes. Right? You know, like, I, I think I could honestly, hand on heart, say, if... If God was to say, I will save your five kids, I will maintain your wife's level of society and brunches and cafes. If you give that, if you trust me, you give me your life, you know, let's do a deal. I I think I'd be good to go, right? I think I'd be good to go. But then I thought, well, what wouldn't I be good to go? What if God said, sacrifice one of your kids for one of your other kids? I don't know if I could do that, right? Sacrifice one of your older kids for one of your younger kids. I'm pretty sure I wouldn't be able to do that. And yet we see that, that God gives up his greatest love, his own son Jesus, for the sake of people who some of us, we will never turn to God. And yet he still gives up his son. The whole point is this. This is the extent and depth of his love. God is a dad who loves us. He loves his children. So regardless of who your earthly father is, God, our heavenly father, opens his arms out to you to come and be a part of his family. Now, he doesn't force you. He's not going to force anybody because he loves you. He wants you to make that choice. But he patiently waits for you to come. But as I said, the question today is not, does God love us? That's, that's biblical fact. 
You know, did Jesus die on the cross for our sin? That's biblical fact. Right? That's not what I'm pushing today. The question is, what does it mean for you to know that God, your heavenly Father, loves you? What does it change for you? What does it change for you? Does it change anything for you? Is life different because you know that? I think there's four things that change when we know that God is our Heavenly Father who loves us. God is our Dad who loves us. There's four things. And, and so let me, let, let's, let's hope that these hit home today. Number one is our identity. Uh, 1 John 3, 1, See what great love the Father has lavished on us, that we should be called children of God. And that is what we are. The reason the world does not know us is that it did not know Him. When we accept God as our Heavenly Father, our family name changes. Our identity changes. Like an orphan that is adopted and given the family name, we are spiritual orphans that God has adopted, who has given us His name. We bear His name. We represent His name. We're actually His children. We're not children of the world. We're not children of the enemy, but we're children of God. That's who you are. Your identity has changed. Who you represent changes. Secondly, our protection changes. Isaiah 41, Fear not, for I am with you. Be not dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen you. Yes, I will help you. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. Not only does our identity change, but the source of our protection changes. Suddenly, we don't have to try to defend ourselves in this world. And I know, and we've been talking about this, right? We live in an evil world. We live in a world where there are evil forces, there are wicked people, there are wicked forces that are trying to destroy us, destroy the people of God. And yet, now, because our dad, our heavenly father, loves us, we don't have to try to fight this ourselves. But we can trust and, def- and, and rely on our heavenly father who promises to be with us at all times. Can I tell you, as a father, I want to protect my children at all times, but I cannot. I cannot watch my kids 24-7. I cannot. I don't even come close to that. But I know that my Heavenly Father who loves me and my children will be there with my children even when I cannot be. And He will protect them from spiritual and physical harm. Our protection changes. Thirdly, our provision changes. Matthew 7, 9 and 10. Which of you, if your son asks for bread, will give him a stone? Or if you ask for a fish, will give him a snake? If you then, though you are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father in heaven give good gifts to those who ask him? Now, I've told this story before, but my daughter, Anna, uh, when she was about six, we went to the shops. And she's like, I want to buy this, you know, My Little Pony, whatever. And I said, that's great. It's like $10. She goes, great. I said, do you have money? She goes, I don't have money. I said, well, how are you going to buy it? You don't have money. And she looks at me with the biggest eye and she goes, you have money? (laughs) She knew, right? She knew. Can I tell you, can I tell you, God knows. God's generosity is amazing, right? You know, like, I want to give my kids everything that they want and need, but my wallet says no, right? But God's wallet is deep. And as the verse says, if we who are evil still know how to give good gifts as we do, how much more will our Father in heaven give good gifts to those who ask Him? Friends, when we allow God to be our Heavenly Father, we have access to His money, to His generosity, and to His grace. And because God is perfect, He gives to us exactly what we need. I know that sometimes we want what we want, 
But because God is smarter than us, He actually gives to us what we need. That's probably more important. Our source of provision changes. And finally, uh, our correction changes. Proverbs 3, 11 to 12. Don't reject the instruction of the Lord, my son. Don't despise his correction. The Lord loves those he corrects, just like a father who treats his son with favor. Friends, when we accept God as our heavenly father and allow him to love us in the same way, we allow him to correct us. Can I tell you, when you don't love someone, you don't feel the need to correct them. Why? Because you don't care. All right, this is going to sound really bad. But there are some families, not in our church, outside of our church. I look at them and I look at their kids and their little rat bags. And I look at their parents. Ah, apple don't fall from the tree. They look like big rat bags. And I'm looking at these kids and I'm going, man, I want to smack you. And then I look at the parents and I'm man, I want to smack you. You know, like... And, and, and there's a part of me that's like, you know, I, I want to correct them and I want to teach them how to up, you know, upbring you know, their kid well. But you know what? I, I don't. Because I actually don't care. I don't care enough. I don't love them enough. But when you love someone, when you're committed to someone, you, you see them doing something wrong or going down the wrong way, you will correct them. You will correct them. I have to do this with my kids all the time. Right? I have to tell them, this you did wrong. You should have done it like this. Or don't speak like this and do it like that. Why? Because I love them. But if I don't love them, then I'm like, hey, do whatever you want. See what happens. Do your own thing, you know. In the same way, the Lord loves those he corrects. But so many times, we take the correction of the Lord as harsh harsh punishment instead of seeing it as God's unconditional love behind us. We say things like, God, why would you do this to me? God, why are you so harsh on me? God, why, why, you know, why are you punishing me? Friends, I'm telling you, if God didn't care about you, he wouldn't say anything to you. He would just let you be. And I'm telling you, if God lets you be, you will not end up in a good place. We are not good people. We will continue down that route of sin and we will end up dead spiritually and eternally. But it is because of the love of God, because He's a loving Father, that He will correct you and He will try to guide you back to the proper way. Now, will you listen? Probably not. Does that mean He will stop? No. Why? Because He loves you. He loves you and He cares for you enough to correct you. Let me just speak to fathers for a moment. Fathers, you think that your children need money, you think that your children need a good education, you think that they need a big house, sometimes you think that they need a best friend, a dog, and all these worldly things. Can I tell you, fathers, the most important thing that a child needs from you is to, for them to know that you love them. That's it. One of my kids once came to me and said, Dad, if I ever got in trouble, would you be there for me? Oh, broke my heart. Depends on what kind of trouble you got in. <laughs> Jokes. I said, of course I'd be there for you. And that's a message that I continue to tell my kids. Because really, that's all I have. I don't have money. I don't have houses. I don't have cars. You know, I've got a pretty wicked personality. 
But for my kids to know that they are loved, regardless of their action, it does something for the confidence and the security of a child. But in the same way, knowing that God, our Heavenly Father, loves you, even in your sin, even in your messed up life, that he will not abandon you, but he will continue to walk alongside you, that you are loved and accepted for who you are, not because of what you've done. And even the sins in the future, even, even when you mess up later in life, God's not waiting there with a stick, waiting to smash you. But it continues to remind us that even then, you are loved, you are accepted and embraced into my family. God's love is greater than your sin. God's love is greater than your wickedness. And for that, we are so grateful. Friends, knowing that we have a God who loves us, loves us so much that he sent his one and only son to die on the cross for our sin. What should this change? This should change everything. And let me be completely blunt. If God has only changed portions of your life, if God has only created certain behavioral differences on a Sunday morning, if that's the only real change then maybe you haven't fully comprehended the extent of his love for you. Because can I tell you, you can't just say, I'm a child of God and have parts of your life change. It changes everything. And it should in a good way. So friends, this morning as we celebrate Father's Day, or we commiserate Father's Day, know that God is a dad who loves you. Let's pray.